I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. I know we have already recorded, or not recorded, (laughs) already released multiple episodes since the New Year, but this is our first time together recording in 2023. It is. Crazy. I know. It's lovely. I love it. So, um, again, going to seem late to you guys, but I'm going to chat with these two here. What did you guys do for New Year's? Jeremy? Uh, Me and Bobby went up to Scotty T's place and uh, hung out up there. Visited with um, some people that I just don't see a ton of anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Scott and his wife, and uh, my friend Brad and his wife Erin, and yeah, and we drank a little bit. <laughs> well, okay, let me take it back. I drank a little bit because that's like my only night of the year that I'm not driving. Mm. So nice. It was my night to drink. Good for you. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, come home, went to bed. How about you? Um, we went next door to Jess and Skyler's, and Nick and Amanda and Craig were all there. It was my throat. Oh. And uh, we just had a real tame... I watched Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus. Yep. That was what I did. I <laughs> wish I would have known about that. We just watched, like, the... I don't know, one of the news mm-hmm. channels, because my mom has, like, cable, like, real cable. Side note. Like a weird old person. Tomorrow what? is Dolly Parton's birthday. January 14th. Hmm. Cool. Uh, fun fact, today is Jody's birthday. Oh. And it's birthday, also Jody. Friday the 13th. Ooh. Spooky. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to my mom's. I drank sparkling grape juice and played card games with the kids, so... It was nice. Except for my mom's fridge went out. Oh, Did I no. tell you about that? Yeah. So when we got there, we had to get things out of her fridge, trying to get them down into the basement freezer. We were throwing shit out on the porch, like, just to stay cold, so cold for the night. Yeah. It actually was not that cold. But, yeah, she had to go, like, five days without a fridge. So. Ah, shit. Yeah. That sucks. And then I have my birthday. You did. I know. By the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Did How old I- are you? Thirty-one. <laughs> With a one? With a yeah. one? Yes, thirty-one. So wait, that, thirty-one. Let, let me pause. Let me pause that because I did text you. Mm-hmm. I, did I text you on your birthday? Yeah, real late because you had a busy day that day. Okay, but I did remember to text you yeah, then. Okay, because I think we mentioned that in uh, the episode of Tusop because <laughs> you were here recording your final episode of Tusop. And your birthday was the next day. Yeah. And Bobby's like, I didn't know she was standing right there, but her birthday was the next day. <laughs> okay. So she wished you a happy birthday on that Aww. episode. Oh, I didn't even hear. I know. You need to I you need to catch up, girl. I know. Catch up. Moral of the story, Jeremy loves us both equally. <laughs> <laughs> I did get yours a little closer in the day than like really late, but uh, yeah, I got hammered and drank, or sang karaoke. So and my mom hung out all night. She drove me Ooh. home at like three thirty in the morning. Aw, Tracy. I know. Just she's like good a old days. Saint. She don't listen. Just either. like my younger days. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, drunk walked my dog. Like at three o'clock in the morning, woke up Sunday sick as hell, laying next to a full glass of milk and a full bowl of <laughs> spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> the 
that's so on par with our fucking high school real. career. <laughs> I stayed in bed all day. Um, yeah, our morning walk, which didn't happen until like noon because I'd walked at four o'clock in the freaking morning. It was only like 10 minutes long because I had to basically run back to the house so I didn't throw up in the street. should have just thrown up in the street. I should have just thrown up in the street. You're right. So yeah, I miss being twenty three and bouncing back. Like, you I was going to ask, is it is it actually is it worth it? Was it worth it? Um, I had a lot of fun. Was it worth it? Probably not. Could you could <laughs> you have not. had the exact same fun? Yes, yes. If you would have brought the alcohol finish. level yes. down, yes. okay, that's like that. three less whiskeys would have been chefs. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome, Jeremy. <laughs> I just I'm starting to hear this everywhere now. Everybody's saying it and and it's just uh it's bizarre to me that it's coming back and everybody's saying it. I'm like, I missed the memo. Yeah, I wonder if it it might just be like in a video somewhere that like a popular video or something. Could be. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. That's my that's my rabbit hole. My mom sends me so many TikToks. <laughs> okay. Um so you guys ready for the question of the week? I'm so ready. Okay. So what are those things that you're too old to do, but you still really enjoy doing? Mm. I know your guys' it's dick jokes for sure. <laughs> oh, for, yeah. 100% dick jokes. <laughs> Laughing at farts. Oh, fart. Farts Picking my nose. Farts will <laughs> always be funny. Farts <laughs> are just funny. They are. It's just... It's a fact of life. Um, ooh. Repeat the question for me one more time. What are, oh, I scrolled it, scrolled past it. Uh, What are those things you're too old to do, but you still enjoy? Do you want me to do mine first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So mine is clearly a good night of drinking, obviously. Um, But also, I really like hiding and scaring people. I think a lot of people think that that's really weird and immature, but it brings me a lot of joy. So I guess I might be like a sociopath or something, but. Well, yeah. Um, it's not like I do it when someone's alone in the dark and shit. I do it when it's bright and there's other people around. Or when uh, somebody's not in their car and you hide behind their car and that, wait in the night. That I did do that. But, but in my defense... Alicia wasn't even at the location that her car was at. I waited there for like 10 minutes and she never You got to explain the story because you're just saying, <laughs> saying bits of it. Okay. So I, I don't know what last week sometime I saw Alicia's car at our local gas station. It's like right by my apartment. And so I parked my truck in the bank parking lot and then I got out of my truck and hid behind her car to wait for her to come out of the gas station. And then I waited and I waited and I waited and I was like, okay, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to make fun of her and be, say something like, what are you even grocery shopping at the gas station? <laughs> and I walk in and I ask Deidre, I'm like, hey, have Who's you seen Deidre, the, the, the clerk? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I asked the clerk, have you seen Alicia? Has she been here today? And she's like, I don't think so. Her car's been here a while though. Yeah, no, Alicia was not there. Her mm-hmm. car was broken down in the parking lot. <laughs> and I was just waiting, sitting behind it like a freaking weirdo, and no one ever came. Oh, yeah, so that's... That really backfired on you, didn't it? It really did. <laughs> I'm really mad you just made me tell that whole story, too. <laughs> <It's> so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, lighthearted, lighthearted fun. 
Jeremy, do you have any ideas? So what am I too old to do but still enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. That's an easy one. It's sex. (laughs) You're not too old to have sex. The back hurts. His hips say the otherwise. leg cramps. <laughs> he said the, the knees. Back hurts. Ah, the oh, the stress, the strain. You're supposed to stretch out before you. Is that what you're supposed to yeah, do? That's part of the foreplay now. Every listen, morning when you wake up, you listen, should stretch. I'm just happy to even get able to get in and out of bed in the morning. And at night, <laughs> oh, I did so. not think <laughs> that's where the <laughs> sentence was going. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's there you funny. go. Um, too old, but I still enjoy doing that <laughs> thing. Oh, God, I miss sex. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You guys asked for this, okay? (laughs) Um, I don't know, because I feel like if you enjoy something, like... Yeah, it's kind of a a weird question, because you're not really ever too old to do anything. Yeah, It's just like kind of like... I, my first instinct was like, I still watch cartoons. I was. That's exactly what I was going to say. But I'm like, if I enjoy the cartoons, yeah, I don't think I'm too old for it. I don't think, like, kind of like people who, oh, it's my guilty pleasure. But it's like, why are you feeling guilty about it? You enjoy it. You like it. It gives you pleasure, oh, Jeremy. God damn it. Alicia's over here transcending societal norms. <laughs> God damn. I, I can't even ask a simple question. I did get a pink Power Ranger helmet for Christmas. Oh, and I Jesus. Lost my That's shit. the one. That's the one. <laughs> That's the winner right there. I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be thrilled with like a green Power Ranger helmet oh. or a um, Mandalorian. White, a white one, yeah. Oh yeah, White Ranger. I'd be down with the Mandalorian one. Yeah, or Darth definitely. Vader. Well, um, where was I at? I seen one the other day somewhere. They, they have them. You can buy them. I know they're expensive because I want yeah. like a good one. I told Roy uh, the other day because we have our Power Ranger helmets like displayed in our bedroom, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, you put yours on. I'll put mine on. <laughs> and get freaky with this." And he's like, "Oh, we can play Power Rangers." And then he started doing like our motions, like he was a ninja. Him. I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Envision really that. Put that in your cranium and let it live rent free forever. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really funny. Okay. So that's that. So we're basically, <laughs> you know, it's all about sex is what you're saying. Oh. You get the Power Ranger helmet and then you just get I got get four dirty. kids. I've had enough sex in my life probably. <laughs> you only have to have sex four times to have four kids. I'm just saying. Sure. I told a guy that one time. You told a guy that? Yeah, he was he was uh he was kind of an arrogant guy that I worked with, but he was he was just uh I don't even know how to say it, but he I said something to the effect I've only had sex with my wife three times and you see what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, What? Your daughter's how old? <laughs> You haven't had sex in that long? It's like, no, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't want another kid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Let's move this right along. Guys, this case is wild. Wild. All capital letters. All four letters okay. are capital in my notes. Um, so this is a listener suggestion. Jason. Hey. Shout out to Jason. He is a day one murder nerd. Okay. Huh? I do know him. You know Jason. I do? Mm-hmm. Cool. Hi, Jason. Jason. Bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. You guys so are killing funny. me with this bleeping okay. They're shit. so fun, though. <laughs> it's fun for us. Our listeners are really probably fun. like, God, my ears are bleeding. Yeah. 
Okay. They're bleeping. So They're bleeping. I said bleep. Oh, that's what <laughs> I do. That's my immature thing that I do when yeah, people say stupid things puns. I say dumb shit after. That was actually that was a good one though. Okay. So he's a day one murdered. I already said that. He has been one of our biggest supporters. So thank you, Jason. Thanks, and I am Jason. sorry it took so long. He's been harassing me to cover this case for like ever. So probably since. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> probably since we switched over from like Indiana to like worldwide. Yeah. Hey, is this. Is Jason the one that said that uh, episode 50 was his all time favorite and it sets a high bar for the murders? Yes, he did. Okay. Yep. Yes. He didn't say it was his all time favorite. Calm down, Jeremy. But he did say that you freaking <laughs> killed it and that you set the bar really high for us. <laughs> Oh, so, but anyway, we do, we get some suggestions, so it's hard to decide which ones to look into, but this is one to talk about. So this week, we are going to talk about Carrie Farver. Uh, my sources for this episode are an article by Jennifer Tisdale for Distractify.com. Um, the main source for my article was an episode of an ABC 2020 um, episode, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna say episode 50,000 times. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they covered this case. It's called a tangled web. So they did it really in depth, and I probably could have made this like a four parter, I swear to God, but I'm not gonna do that to you guys again, or you guys listeners, but mainly for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I also want to mention. I used a, a true crime documentaries YouTube video, episode 41, um, the Carrie Farver episode, but this channel heavily used the ABC 2020 episodes as well, um, but I did want to mention it because it was the first thing I checked out on the case and I felt like they really got a lot of the story out there in one singular video, whereas... The ABC 2020 was like a bunch of different segments. It was kind of weird how it was posted. Okay. So um, I also, I spoke with the admin and they confirmed like it's mostly this documentary with a few smaller editions and some of their own stuff. Um, so again, the meat and the research really goes to the ABC 2020 team and then the book that I will mention later. Um, yeah. So there's that. Trigger warning here for animal death and extreme, like, stalking and threatening. And then the obvious moida. Okay. So, here we go. In 2012, Carrie was a 37-year-old loving mother of her 14-year-old son, Max. She worked as a computer programmer at one of the biggest firms in Omaha, Nebraska. She grew up in a small town called Macedonia, Iowa. Carrie was a confident kid who was very close with her mother, Nancy, uh, talking to her daily on the phone, even into adulthood. Carrie had tons of friends growing up. She did an interview for her school paper where she um, stated she wanted to always be known for having a smile on her face and being just a little bit crazy. Same. Same. Her friends said that she was always a wizard with numbers, even at a young age, so she did not have any trouble excelling in the tech industry in early adulthood. She became pregnant at 22 with her son, Max, and things were not working out with the father. Carrie decided, hey, like, I can do this by myself. I don't need this guy. Um, so she made the decision to become 
a single mom. We love to see it. Right. We love to see a strong, independent woman. Agreed. Huzzah. So, huzzah. <laughs> so her son became like her entire life. But at that young of an age, she began to struggle and became pretty overwhelmed. And after a clearly depressive episode, staying in bed for something like one or two weeks, she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Carrie was in therapy and on medication and doing her best to stay stable for her son, Max. But the medication can make some people feel like like emotionless, I think. Yeah. Like no emotion. Um, so Carrie would struggle with bouts of not wanting to take her meds, but still wanting to do right by her son. Like that's got to be hard. The highs are like way up here, you know, and then probably feels really good the first few days that you stop taking those meds but without that consistent regulation i can imagine like when you go low it can get like really bad and finding that sweet spot has to feel so impossible like Mm -hmm. when you're in the throes of it you know so carrie did struggle with that roller coaster for a while um but by 2012 she was in a really good place she was managing her medicine she landed the job of her dreams and she lived in a beautiful home with her son max And her and Max were excited about the prospects of him going into high school with sports and everything like that. Like, life was good. And around Halloween time, she met someone. Hmm. Dave Krupa moved to Omaha in 2012 after a breakup with his 12-year girlfriend. Not (laughs) 12-year-old. 12-year girlfriend. 12-year relationship. Right. Amy Flora. Newly single, he was working on figuring out who he was without his lifelong partner. He got a small apartment and began working at an auto body shop. Dave wanted to get back into dating, but he really wasn't sure how. Um, 12 years is like a lifetime, yo. Like, that's oh, a yeah. long time to be with someone. I mean, how long have you been with Roy? Well, we're going, going on 11 on. years. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, what would life be, right? Yeah. So Jeremy. Jeremy's been with bobby for 30 literal life 33 35 35 longer than my life yeah and your life yeah it's crazy yeah we dated for five years before we got married we just crossed our 30th anniversary actually we'll hit we'll hit 31 in february yeah Yeah. Ooh, yeah so your marriage is just slightly younger than me just slightly <laughs> just slightly <laughs> <laughs> so Dave, feeling a bit lonely and deflated, he turned to online dating. It's 2012. It's still in its infancy. Right. So upon using the internet to matchmake, he came across the profile of a woman named Shanna uh, Gallier. He was immediately drawn to her. He thought she was very attractive. Um, Shana often went by Liz. It's a shorthand of her middle name, which is Elizabeth. So Liz was a business owner. She owned and operated Liz's housekeeping. So she was successful. She was independent. She had two children right around the same age as Dave's children. Seemed like a perfect match. The They began chatting and quickly set up a coffee date. Boom, 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 boom. They hit it off from day one. Um, Dave had been very clear with all of the women he spoke with online that he was not looking for anything serious. He had just come out of that relationship with Amy and he was just putting himself out there to get his confidence back, have a little bit of fun and kind of see what, you know, live a little. Right. Exactly. So with full honesty of not wanting exclusives, I knew I was going to fucking trip over that goddamn (laughs) word. Now I'm not going to be able to say it. 
exclusivity. Yes. With full honesty of not wanting exclusivity at the forefront, Liz was not the only woman that Dave was seeing. And Liz didn't mind. They were having fun. Dave was meeting up with many other women that he had met online. He was just living it up. Single guy. So six months after... (laughs) Jeremy. Who are you pondering over there, Jeremy? Nothing. Just thinking about Dave. (laughs) Just thinking about Dave. Are you trying to be one of his many women? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. I bet he puts the, the potato in the back. <laughs> oh, they, that's not part of this recording. <laughs> it is now. That makes absolutely no sense to anyone except for us. Okay. <laughs> okay. So six months after Dave had begun online dating, a beautiful woman walked up to the counter at his work. She needed work done on her Ford Explorer, and this woman's name was Carrie Farver. Dave felt like there was an immediate spark, and she felt the same. Um, they made eye contact, and it was just like, whoosh, you know? Oh, yeah. He enjoyed her conversational skills and her demeanor, and but even after all of this, like they were t- chatting it up while he was looking at her car, he didn't pursue her that day. So a few days after he had looked at her car, looked at Carrie's car, Dave was scrolling through the dating site that he had been using, and as fate would have it, he came across Carrie's profile. Carrie had spoken to her friend Amber about meeting Dave that day, and that he was definitely not her usual type, but she kind of felt like there was a spark there. Mm-hmm. So when he reached out asking to meet up, she gleefully accepted, and they went to dinner. He invited her that evening back to his place for a nightcap. Carrie made it clear she did not have the intention of being Dave's girlfriend. She was just looking for something casual. Dave's like, bruh, jackpot. Yeah. Right? She's cool, and she doesn't want, she's not clingy. Clingy. That did not roll (laughs) off the tongue well, did it? So, as Carrie was leaving Dave's house that night, she passed by another woman. So, this was Liz. Liz had stopped at Dave's just to pick up a few things that she had left. It was a very casual and uneventful encounter. Liz went home and gushed about her date with Dave to her friend, Amber, um, saying she didn't know if it would go anywhere, but she really enjoyed herself and, you know, was excited at the prospect of just being able to have someone to have fun with. Yeah, for sure. So after two weeks of seeing each other, Dave, feeling obviously comfortable with her, gave Carrie a key to his apartment. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Back up a little bit. How long? <laughs> two weeks. Oh, my God. I know. That's it's that's a lot. So he was really into her and she commuted an hour into the city for work, whereas Dave's apartment was like five minutes from her workplace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that convenience can make like put, sway you one way. Right. In relationships like that's dangerous, you know. Um, so with a big project coming up at work, Dave offered to let Carrie stay with him to save on the commute and they'd have bonus time together, you know. So this, this sounds a whole lot like a relationship. Right. I literally about to say, so this is turning into something not so casual and a little more on the serious side. At this point, I don't think either of them was seeing anybody other than each other. Um, but I, I can't, I don't know that for a fact. It just kind of, you can't spend that much time with someone in a two week span. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not enough hours in the day for right, you to that make kind time of capacity, for yeah. someone else. So Carrie, 
excited with, you know, oh, I'm going to be closer to work. I can spend more time with with, uh, Dave. This is going to be great. She approached her mother, Nancy, who she's very close with, and said, you know, hey, can Max stay with you for a few days while I stay with Dave and work on this project? And when the project's done, I'll come home. And, and of course, Nancy was like, yeah, I'll keep my grandson. It's great. I love him. He's great. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm talking in first person. (laughs) I'm just going to read my notes. (laughs) been listening to many audio books <laughs> oh i know <laughs> okay <clears throat> so on november 13th 2012 dave left for work at about 6 30 a.m giving an awake carry a kiss and a promise that he would see her after work he is thrown for a loop when carrie sorry when carrie sends him a text saying that she would like to move in with him dave Texts Carrie and tells him tells her like he's not ready for that. It's just not something he's interested in right now. Like it's only been two fucking weeks, yeah. you know. Like that's a little kooky. Um, Carrie reacts strongly with texts like "Fine then, I hate you and you ruined my life and I'm seeing someone else and I don't want to see you anymore." Dave was very confused. It had only been two weeks. Carrie seemed completely fine that morning. He did not hear from her for a couple of days, but then she began again to send similar hateful messages to him. He was like, okay, she's been playing like this cool girl act just to reel him in. And at this point, he's like, okay, you know what? I'm glad this came out now. Dodged a crazy bullet. Mm -hmm. Good riddance. Around the same time Dave was getting these hateful messages, Nancy, not knowing anything about the tumultuous situation with Dave, received a text from Carrie. She informed her that she's taking a job in Kansas, which when asked, Max said that she had been looking at jobs there. So it didn't seem like crazy at all that it like it didn't really come out of nowhere. Um, But something didn't feel right to Nancy. Like Carrie wouldn't talk to her on the phone. She would only text her. But Nancy brushed it off. There was a wedding coming up. They could talk about the details of the move and the job and everything at the wedding Mm -hmm. or after whatever. So the final straw for Nancy was when Carrie did not show up to to pick Max up for the wedding. He was supposed to be an usher, so attendance was important. Um, Nancy decided that it was time to reach out to the police, and she filed a missing persons report. So we all know when you file a missing persons report, the police ask about, like, mental state, medications, suicidal tendencies, etc. Yeah, right, right. Just get a background on their, um, I don't want to say victim, but missing person. Well, in their mental state at at, at the time of them going missing. It's right. kind of important. Mm-hmm. So Nancy was honest, telling police, yes, my daughter's bipolar. Um, she had been on medication. Plus, Carrie was an adult who was still communicating with her family. So there was really no sign of danger in mm-hmm. the cops' eyes. Meanwhile, Dave is still getting angry texts from Carrie. Mostly showing rage towards his casual girlfriend, Liz. And soon, even Liz begins getting these terrible messages. Even after changing numbers multiple times, they cannot seem to stop the harassment from this obsessive ex-girlfriend. One day, Liz pulled into her garage to find whore from Dave spray painted (laughs) on the interior of her garage. This causes Liz to reach out to the police to file a report, obviously. Um, Dave, which who was the police's initial suspect for the vandalism because his name's right there um, shows police all of the texts that he himself had been receiving from Carrie 
police quickly change their view, kind of like, oh, okay, it's pro- so it's probably your ex. This is clearly like there's a pattern here. Mm-hmm. So it's been weeks at this point. Nancy is still unaware of the communications between Carrie, Dave, and Liz. She keeps urging Carrie to call her, but to no avail. Carrie did, however, tell Nancy that she sold all of her furniture to someone and asked that Nancy let them into her home to take the items that were purchased, even sending Nancy a photo of a check for $5,000 as proof of the sale. So Carrie is now texting Max, her son, talking about moving him to Kansas with her. Nancy is growing more concerned about Carrie's situation. Friends and family are speculating, you know, did she go off her meds? Like, because she had done that in the past. Um, Is she okay mentally? Where is she? And the text that Nancy was receiving started to get, like, a little bit darker, saying that Nancy was controlling and that she was a terrible mother. So at this point, Nancy decided to file for custody of Max in Carrie's absence for, like, his safety, obviously. So can you imagine how confusing that was for a 15-year-old boy? Oh, for sure. Like, she's... That's crazy. Or I guess he's 14. So she's still missing big family events, and eventually Max's 15th birthday came and went. Um, She was even absent for her own birthday as well, and was even a no-show to her father's funeral. Whoa. So when this happened... All the alarm bells went off in Nancy's head. She could no longer pretend that her daughter was just, like, living this weird life away from her entire family. Yeah. She knew, like, something's happened to my daughter. She texts Carrie's phone saying something along the lines of, The only way I will know this is you is if you call me and I hear your voice. But she got no response. Now, well into winter, Dave, also unaware of the other side, Nancy's growing concern for Carrie is regularly receiving 60-plus texts every single day from Carrie and hundreds of phone calls. I'm assuming hang-ups, like just calling hang-up. And Liz's situation is the same. Carrie was stalking them, even stating in a text to Dave while he was just sitting in his apartment, I see you. And she described the outfit that he was wearing, also saying, my favorite thing to do is to stand outside of your window and stare at you. But. So in January, Dave was so this is this all happened like mid-November. So now we're in January. Dave was pulling up to his apartment when he spotted a Ford Explorer. This was Carrie's Ford Explorer parked near his apartment. He photographed her car with the license plate in the photo and called the police to yet again add to the report of harassment, the growing list from Carrie. So I mentioned that Nancy and Dave are pretty much unaware of each other's existence. So there are cops, excuse me, cops in Iowa looking for Carrie under the premise she's a missing person. And then there's cops in Nebraska looking for her as a criminal for stalking Dave and Liz. So that's happening simultaneously. Um, When the police brought her car in, they didn't find anything. They found, well, okay, they found one fingerprint. It was on a tin of mints, but the print didn't match Carrie's, and it wasn't a match for anyone in their database, so kind of not much came of that. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't much, um, no evidence in the car. It could be the clerks. Exactly, or the person there. who sold, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the distributor. Mm-hmm. So five months after Carrie goes missing, Nancy gets a call from a homeless shelter. 
they tell her, your daughter Carrie is here and you need to pick her up or she wants you to pick her up is what they said. So Nancy's obviously elated. She's thinking, oh my gosh, okay, at least she's okay. Now I can bring her home and we can try to move forward and move past this whole weird situation. Um, The police met Nancy at the shelter only to find that Carrie was not there. Yeah. So around this time, I'm unsure if it was before or after the homeless shelter call, um, but Amber got a text from Carrie saying that she had made a mistake and was ready to come home, but after some correspondence, Amber could not get Carrie to agree to actually meet her anywhere to pick her up. Mm -hmm. So... Everyone's really confused and getting pulled in a bunch of different directions with all of these weird messages from Carrie. Max, her son, decided to reach out to her on Facebook, and he just simply says, Hi. So Carrie responds, Hey, little man, how are you? To which Max says, I have three questions. What is my middle name? What was our first boxer's name? And who was my best friend as a little kid? Though she didn't respond directly to Max, she did post a long status on Facebook about basically ranting about how she's answered enough questions and she's not missing. She just does not want to come home and like shit like that. Yeah. So real vague. Super mean. That poor kid. So Dave is still receiving hundreds of texts from Carrie, as is Liz. Through the trauma of being stalked by Carrie, they kind of grew closer and were seeing each other. So, though, it was still an agreement that they were not, like, exclusively dating. She's obviously upset that he brought this situation. They call her Crazy Carrie. Like, they joke about it because she's harassing both of them. So, I'm like, oh, got a text from Crazy Carrie today. Yikes. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Liz was sticking around. The harassment um, didn't seem to drive her away so he was like okay this is cool we can lean on each other and yeah there were times that they would be sitting on the couch just hanging out together and their phones would like ding kind of back to back with texts from Carrie like she was texting both of them at the same time Mm, so Amy who I had mentioned before was the father of um the father I was going to say wait a minute the mother of Dave's children um, was also getting threatened and harassed by Carrie Jesus. as well. Yes. <clears throat> so one day Dave receives an email. Might I remind you, they have been harassed for, I'd guess, well over six months at this point, probably closer to a year, but it's it's kind of unclear. The timeline's a little weird. Um, so at this point, <clears throat> they're getting kind of numb to it. You know, naturally. I mean, if it happens all the time, it just becomes normal. Um, The email contains a photo of a woman who looks like his girlfriend Liz tied up in the trunk of a car. The email read something like, I have Liz tied up in the trunk of a car and you need to call her and tell her you hate her. And she's a whore. Otherwise, I'm going to kill her. He immediately calls Liz, obviously, who answers and tells him she's not in distress and they basically like laugh it off. So like crazy Carrie strikes again, you know, Carrie also emailed Dave an obituary for Liz where she had written, quote, I didn't know her well, expect, which she meant except that she was a whore and a man stealer. Thank God she is gone. Jesus, dude, isn't that scary shit? Like that's a lot. 
So it does not stop there, folks. Just wait. So one day, Dave got a frantic call from Liz. She says her house is on fire. Dave rushes to her home to find chaos. Fire trucks everywhere trying to put this fire out. Um, They were thankful no one was in the home at the time of the fire, but Liz did have two dogs, a cat, and a snake that all died in the fire. The police clearly see that it was intentionally set, and Liz tells them about all the harassment that they've been enduring from Carrie since the past November, telling police she just wishes Carrie would just go away. It's mentioned in the documentary that the police dumped all the files from presumably both Liz and Dave's phone for evidence. Um, I'm unsure exactly when this happens, like when they collected that evidence. If it wasn't already at the time of this fire, I really hope it was immediately after this fire that they did that. Um, But again, police know it's an ongoing issue with Carrie and it's clear it's starting to get dangerous and out of hand. Two months after the fire, Dave's work is vandalized with a message in orange spray paint saying, Dave beats women. (laughs) With the death threats, the creepy photos, the fire, and now this, Dave begins to feel like scared for his and Liz's life. Um, This was getting a little too intense for him. He felt things might escalate further, and he decided it was time to purchase a firearm to keep in his home. Dave states that one woman he was chatting with online he had never even met was active on his page for just a few minutes. And I don't know if that means like she liked or commented on a photo or what that means mm-hmm. in 2012. But, um, well, I guess it was 2016. But immediately after that, she was a target from Carrie, getting death threats through Facebook about her and her children. And then exactly one year to the day of their first date, Carrie had sent Dave a message titled, To My Husband. In the body, the message, there was, in the body of the message, there was a photo of a knife and a text stating she had been creeping around his building. Okay, so now Dave's lifelong friend, Heather, not now, but now I'm saying these words. It's not, it didn't, okay. I know it's over. <laughs> That's probably confusing for listeners. Okay. Dave's lifelong friend, Heather, reached out to Dave and wanted to come to Omaha to visit him. They were catching up in his apartment, and Heather says that within a couple of hours, his phone was dinging. It was Carrie saying that she sees him in there with, quote, that whore. Yeah. He explained that um, or explained to Heather that he's been a target of a stalker and, you know, kind of told the story. And then they went on with their evening. And then when they were going to bed that night, they heard a loud crash. A brick had been thrown through the bathroom window of the apartment. So the police came and went and Dave hurried Heather into the car so they could go check on Liz because she had been a target of Carrie's rage as well. So, like, okay, tell the cops to go fucking check on her. Like, yeah. you're going to just go check on her, like, by yourself? It's fucking weird. Captain Superhero. Right. So, anyway, um, Liz was fine, and that was the end of that situation. So, even after Liz and Dave... Even after this, Liz and Dave are still friends, leaning on each other for support, and hanging, hanging out, like, in a romantic capacity as well. The police have no leads on where Carrie might be. Like, she's got to be somewhere close if she's seeing throwing bricks through windows and shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Dave and Liz are frustrated and genuinely afraid with the lack of movement in this case. Naturally. (laughs) And on the other side, Nancy feels really defeated. Like, it's as if no one believes her and her concerns for her daughter, Carrie. But as it so often happens, the case goes cold on both sides. And another year and a half goes by. Are you ready for shit to get real as fuck? I'm ready. It's about to get real. So, in the spring of 2015, Sergeant Jim Doty and Deputy Ryan Avis of the Pottawatomie County Sheriff's Office, which is the Iowa side, so that's Nancy, missing person side. They, they hadn't seen any activity on this case for a while, and but they had heard, like, talk about it, like, in the, what's that called? Not the office, but department, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and they were interested in the case and interested in taking another look at it. Like, what were the missing pieces here? So they decided to look at this case in a super interesting way, I think, like really creative. This might be a normal thing for police. I really don't know. But they decided that Sergeant Doty would look at the case like Carrie is dead and Deputy Avis would look at the case like she is alive. So Mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to prove. So. They were also aware of her diagnosis, but they didn't really seem to think that was very relevant for what they were looking into. Um, There was no activity on her bank accounts. She hadn't vocally spoken to anyone from her family since she disappeared. And from what they knew, the texts were littered with grammatical errors and did not appear to be written in the same as before she had disappeared. The more Avis tried to find proof of life, the more he realized he could not. But if Carrie was dead, where was her body? And who had been pretending to be her and sending Dave over 15,000 texts in the past three years? I don't think I've ever in my lifetime sent 15,000 text messages. You have. I don't think I used to check my iPhone data. I think I sent 2,000 in one year or maybe a little more. I don't think I have. I don't sometimes I don't even text in a whole day. I think I don't know. I think you there's probably a way to find out on your phone. There used to be when the first iPhone came out. Remember that? You yep. could see how many texts you sent, calls you made, how many hours. Yeah. Get it up there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy said. needed to stand. I needed to stand. I know that uh, I can actually go on uh my Network. cellular where I pay my bills and I can look at usage for everything and it'll break down how many texts I have. It, it'll month. tell you how many texts you sent, like a number? Yeah. Ooh, I bet per AT&T month. does that. I'll have to look at my bill. We or run anywhere between day. 500 and 1,000 texts a month. A month? A month. Yeah, you'd be surprised. It's yeah. a lot. But, you know, I you know, I text a lot, so. I think I text a lot, too. I text a lot. I'm a texter. I also I'm use curious. gigs and gigs and gigs of data too. So, yeah, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Porn, <laughs> Pornhub. Hey, listen, don't <laughs> don't judge. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I won't judge. <laughs> I I sure won't. Not for any specific reason. <laughs> don't porn shame. <laughs> I do not porn shame. <laughs> you know, the ones that point the finger are uh, usually the that ones. That porn the finger. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a long shot. Hey, it worked. Yeah, okay. that's what she said. 
Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Continuing on. Their main... So the police's main person of interest was Liz. She had only met Carrie once, and I say met lightly because they just passed That's each other. Street, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, when looking through all the case files, Liz's name came up constantly, you know, being the focus of Carrie's rage. But if they were starting to believe that Carrie has been dead this whole time, who was harassing Liz and Dave and every other woman in Dave's life? They decided to look more closely at, like, digital evidence. So they had the files that previous offer offers officers <laughs> offer first. They had the files that previous officers had pulled from the phones throughout the course of the stalking investigations. Um, but instead of looking at the surface just for the purpose of backing up Dave and Liz's accusations, they wanted to dig around and look for other clues. Um, they wanted to study the metadata behind mm. things. Yes. Fun word. Metadata. I think that's a fun word. <laughs> metadata. I barely know her. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was a good one. Nice, Uh, nice. Thank you. Did you you like the river river one that I posted, or the lake one? It said, um, it's not your lake, and then the sign said, my fucking lake, or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, I did see that. Oh, hilarious. Okay, sorry. So they reached out to a colleague, Deputy Anthony Cava, who specializes in such things as metadata. Um, one of the first things that stood out was on Liz's phone. So they found a photo of Carrie's car. When Deputy Kava searched the metadata, they found out that that photo was taken a month before Carrie's car showed up at Dave's and the police took it into evidence. Oof. Yeah. So they also found um, multiple phone calls had been made to Carrie's phone using the star 67 trick, you know, back in the day when you used to print call people. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that this happened pretty shortly after they ran into each other at Dave's, like she started, you know. Yeah. So get this. The email that Dave got of the woman tied up in the trunk, they looked at the metadata behind that phone or behind that photo and it that it showed that that photo was taken on Liz's phone. Oh, my God. Yes. And they were actually eventually even able to find that actual picture on her phone. So Liz had duct taped her own mouth, bound her hands, climbed into the trunk of a car to take that picture. Like, this bitch is crafty. I think you mean crazy. I was going to try and blend the words. Crafty. Crafty. Um, So how she took the photo, I'm not sure. But with self-timers and all of her very obvious free time to put into all of this bullshit, um, I don't think it was probably too hard for her to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, police know more than ever was known before about this story, like what's going on. They decided to reach out to Nancy and talk to her about some of this newly discovered evidence. She was really skeptical at first. Um, No one had ever believed her in over three years. Nothing was going to happen. She's kind of like, you know, what could they possibly want to do or talk to her about now? Um, When they told Nancy that they believed her, she felt hope for the first time in years. Now that the police were looking at this through 
from Nancy's perspective, they began to ask her if anything had like odd had been happening over the course of the past three years, aside from the obvious. Um, Nancy thought back to the photo of the check that Carrie had sent her for the sale of the furniture. The signature on that check <laughs> was Shanna Gallier, a.k.a. Liz Gallier. Remember the unknown print from... Um, on the Altoid den? Yes. Okay. I was like, print, print. What am I talking about? Yes. So the unknown print from her car on the Altoids tin, it was a match to Liz. She took a fucking mint. She, she oh, come on. St- you that breath stank, yo. <laughs> that breath be stanky. Um, so the police are sure. <laughs> I didn't Alicia, even hear what you said. Alicia, you have a, such a thing for mints. You'd have taken one, too. Hey, you would have, <laughs> right? Up. In the throes of murder, you would have eaten it's a like, mint. Oh, shit. It would be your downfall. You, you, hold would. on. Hold on. I know you're bleeding. But can I have one of your mints? <laughs> Seriously. You know what? I'll just take one. No, You're yeah, not going to need them anyway. <laughs> you you know can't what? speak. I'll just keep the whole tin so I don't find my fucking fingerprint. <laughs> oh, boy. That's terrible, but... So, at this point, since that fingerprint matched, the cops know... Are you guys laughing at how I'm moving my hands? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> you fucking better not be. <laughs> Absolutely not. You hesitated. Okay, no. So the cops are sure at this point that Carrie's been dead this whole time and that Liz has been impersonating her through her phone, Facebook, and emails. Police told Dave of their suspicions, but without being able to see the evidence himself, um, he didn't believe them. He didn't think it was true. He just couldn't comprehend that Liz could have done this. Like, how? Carrie was a crazy one. They were both receiving texts from Carrie while they were together. It just it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. In December of 2015, Dodie and Avis caught a lucky break. So Liz came into the sheriff's station with a revelation. Mm. Deputy Avis pretended like he had no idea about anything that was going on. It's not like they were actively out there pursuing the case or anything. So no one knew they were working on it. Mm -hmm. So he took her statement. She told him she no longer believed so strongly that Carrie had been the one harassing her. And she thought maybe that it was Dave's ex, Amy Flora, the, the mother. mother of Dave's children. Okay. Liz also told Deputy Avis that Dave's gun went missing a few days ago, which Dave had reported stolen. At this point... Avis requested to download her phone again since it was last downloaded in 2013. She signs the authorization, I'm sure, without reading anything because Deputy Avis is an A1 actor. You should have seen that showed the video. Yeah, you should watch that documentary. It's a fucking roller coaster. Um, So he pulled everything. She signed for him to pull everything from her phone. It wasn't just like one little surface thing including everything that was deleted from her phone as well yes they were determined to charge liz with something but without a body they wanted to make sure that they had an ironclad case against her they had some work to do on december 5th liz was walking in a local park and was shot by a woman it's casual sentence she said she didn't know who shot her, but the shooter said to her, 
it was a woman, and said, how do you like fucking Dave? <laughs> this guy better be... He must have a big old dick or something. Like, what's, I don't know. He better be the he best wasn't. Looking. He's not a bad looking guy. He's really not. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. He's, he's pretty attractive. I thought he was kind of attractive. Oh, no. I was talking about the... You better have a big old ding dong. Oh, yeah. Lay that pipe. <laughs> Lay that pipe right. Make, make people go crazy, apparently. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so, okay. So she shot in the park. How do you like fucking Dave? Blah, blah, blah. Her story soon evolved and she told police, oh, I do remember who shot me. It was Amy Flora. Oh, because you would have forgotten that. Right. Clearly. So with the ongoing investigation. Where was she shot at? Like the leg, the shoulder, the arm? Her leg. Okay. I'm sorry. I did not even include that. She was shot. She just got shot. She was shot in the leg. Just on the fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things happening in this story. That detail (laughs) escaped me. That's really funny. Um, So police knew this was bullshit, obviously. Uh, But they checked Amy out anyway, cleared her almost immediately. So Liz fucking shot herself (laughs) in the leg. Imagine. Imagine putting this all together. So, yes. So Dave, poor Dave, after talking with police, probably Amy too, the light bulb comes on. He knows what's up now. He said it was like, quote, gravity failed. He was thinking back to everything that him and Liz had been through together and that it was actually her the entire time. In the meantime, Deputy Kava was um, scouring through the contents of Liz's phone, the emails, photos, everything, spending around 3,000 hours of his own personal time to make connections between Liz and Carrie. He found more than 20 different variations of email addresses looking to belong to Carrie, such as carriefarver at gmail.com. Every single one of those email accounts and every single threatening text Liz had received was traced back to either Liz's phone, computer, or the location of her home. He also found an app that let her schedule text messages, explaining how she and Dave were receiving texts from Carrie, Carrie's phone at the same time without arousing any suspicion. Mm-hmm. On December 14th, so not so long after Liz shot her fucking self, um, they brought her in for an interview. They brought up Carrie's missing persons case, and she sticks to her story of not knowing her that well, only meeting her that one time. But the police, we really have to commend the police in this case. They they did the damn thing. They were playing her like a fucking fiddle. It was really cool to watch this documentary, for real. Um, the great state of Iowa is very lucky to have them. Um, they decide to... The greatest state, some would say. Iowa? Oh. You ever been to Iowa? No. <laughs> I have. How great is it? Oh boy. It's it's there. <laughs> it's part of the United States. <laughs> shout out to all our Iowa but, listeners. But, but legitimately, uh shout out to to those guys and and doing their duty. Yeah, seriously, they fucking I was just did it. You, yeah, <laughs> I know the great and state Iowa. of Iowa <laughs> and Iowa, and we're from Indiana, That's so right. like we don't have. A I think we're a step below Iowa oh, for sure. Being honest. We got corn too, <laughs> just not <laughs> as much as you. We have more letters in our name, so fuck <laughs> off. We're bigger. We all start with I. 
<laughs> so they tell Liz that they found remains that they believe to be Carrie. And she's pointing the finger at Amy Flora. So Sergeant Doty knows that if this plan is going to work, he's got to be convincing. He wants Liz to believe that he's on her side and that he thinks also that Amy has done this. He says to Liz something along the lines of, like, if Amy's capable of shooting you, she's definitely capable of doing something to Carrie. Does he moonlight as, like, uh, an actor? I don't know why. He's great. That's what I'm, I'm telling you. Like, he's so good. In the interrogation. Day, it's insane. Broadway star by night. Seriously. <laughs> Star-studded cast in this in this uh, documentary, for real. It really is. Um, so they bait her by saying that um, if she can get Amy to confess, it could put all of this to rest and everyone can go on with their lives. It would essentially close all of the cases going on in this story. So they told her that if Amy says anything to her about Carrie, to let them know. And then they let her go. They knew she wouldn't be able to resist writing fake shit from Amy. Because in her eyes, Amy was a threat to her and Dave's happiness. So she soon reports a message. <clears throat> um, she says is from Amy, stating, I shot you, Liz, to make sure Dave stayed away from you. I got rid of the gun. Dodie told her it needed to be more specific and like more detailed on like what Amy actually did to Carrie. So again, he's really playing it up saying like, I'm leaving this up to you. Like only reach out if you're comfortable, blah, blah, blah. So like convincing. <clears throat> um, so obviously a few days later, again, Liz shows police another email that she says is from Amy this email has a lot of specific details. Um, it says that Carrie tried to attack her, but then she stabbed her with a knife multiple times in the chest and stomach area. And then it says, quote, I then took her out and burned her. I stuffed her body in a garbage can with crap. That's so ironic that she's able to, like, go into more detail after the cops asked for more details. Right. It's weird. Super weird. Yeah, that works out. So then Dodie and Avis get Dave to stage a move in with Amy. They knew that this would push Liz over the edge. So they play a recording in the documentary of her like crying and upset that Amy's free. And she even says, quote, she gets to be with Dave, end quote. <laughs> so miraculously, Liz hands over more emails she claims are from Amy. Um, and in one of those emails, she states that the murder took place in Carrie's car. So the police now have a scene where the murder probably took place. They started tearing apart the seats in the car and inside of the passenger seat. So they like tore the seat apart. Basically, they found blood stains that matched Carrie's DNA. Now they had hard physical evidence to back up all this digital evidence that they had been finding. They brought Liz in on a traffic citation. Mind you, there's still no body in this case. They begin to tell her. All the evidence that they have against her, um, the fingerprint, the data, her home and phone. And finally, whoops, and finally that she wrote all of the emails she claimed to uh, be from Amy. And confessing to details, sorry, revealing details in those emails that only the murderer would know. Mm hmm. So while this is still happening, police are searching her home and they find a digital camera and a video camera that belonged to Carrie. 
Dodie mentions that this means that she went into Carrie's home and stole these camera cameras and then kept them for years. So on the video camera they found what was believed to be the last recording of Carrie before she was killed. In the recording, she's showing that her explorer had been vandalized. She's also shown talking in the video about the vandalism like pretty lightheartedly. I think she said like the vandal was like an artist or something like that. <laughs> like trying to be an artist. Yeah. So the video was taken just two days before she went missing. Oh my gosh. So obviously Liz vandalized her car. Yeah. Um, with the stolen items being found in Liz's home, they arrest her on first degree murder. Kind of a long shot without a body. And uh, county prosecutor Brenda Beal knew this would be one of her toughest, toughest cases to try. She knew that she had to play this just right to get a conviction. It was such a crazy story. I mean, like, okay, if someone wrote all this into a book, it would be way too far-fetched. Yeah. Like, no one's going to kill all their animals and shoot themselves yeah. like, in the leg. That's just to hold up. Because that's not what a normal person would do. Right, right. We, it's hard to believe that this level of crazy is out there. Yeah. Madness. So, <clears throat> James Martin Davis is a well-known defense lawyer in Omaha, and he would represent Liz in her trial. It didn't take a seasoned attorney to see the flaws in the prosecution's case with nobody, no true crime scene, and no murder weapon. So, there was no way to prove the details that Liz forged under Amy's name were even true because there was nothing to compare them to. Mm -hmm. And again, even with all the evidence leaking her linking her to the stalking and literally everything there was no proofs proofs there's no proofs for sure for sure none of that (laughs) there was no proof that carrie was even actually dead so davis knew that she was guilty he literally he didn't say i knew she was guilty but i think he knew she was guilty because he literally said that he was trying to get the trial done before they found the body and like was like kind of chuckling while he was saying it like in the documentary. Mm. Yeah. Little, little bad taste. Um, he ended up getting the jury trial waived so they would be presenting all the evidence in front of a judge. A couple months before the trial was set to begin, Avis and Kava met with Dave as they did multiple times before and after Liz was arrested. Dave said that, oh, sorry. Dave said that as they were leaving, Kava turned around and just asked if there's anything he can think of that they might have missed. With 90% of the evidence being digital, for some glorious reason, Dave remembered a tablet that had been in storage for over a year, and he turned it over to them. The tablet contained a blank SD card, but with all their fancy police shit, they were able to recover previous data from the card, which they discovered had actually been like in Liz's phone. On that card, there were thousands of photos of Liz like selfies um, and then oh, I put most of them being selfies of her ugly ass <laughs> <laughs> but Kava came across one photo that stood out he could make he could not make it out at first but upon closer inspection he realized that it was a decomposing foot <gasps> what yes that foot had a very distinctive tattoo on it the very same tattoo that Carrie Farver had on her foot The tattoo was a Chinese symbol for the word mother. 
Now they were confident they had her. The decomposition in the photo shows that Carrie was not alive and Liz had killed Carrie and took photos of her post-mortem. What the fuck? Yeah. In May of 2017, the trial began. The prosecution laid everything out, including the obvious motive and all the crazy events that happened. Um, that she was obsessed with Dave uh, and no one could have I put no one could have her but him Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we all know what I mean even her lawyer uh, thought to himself like how awful all this was but he still wasn't sure if she was deserving a first a first degree murder charge which I think he did but as a defense attorney you have to kind of save face wherever you can you know so even through all of the graphic details, Liz remained emotionless, seemingly unfazed by any of it. In the end, the judge found Shanna Elizabeth Gallier guilty of first-degree murder, and she was sentenced to life in prison. She currently oh, she re- should. Yes, for sure. She currently resides in Nebraska Correctional Center for Women. When the ABC team reached out for an interview, Liz declined, but... We find out that she has been, excuse me, she has been exchanging letters with a woman named Leslie Rule. Does that name sound familiar to you? Is she an author? Yes. Leslie Rule. No? You can you can say it several times. And it <laughs> I thought maybe it hit you. Okay, so <laughs> Leslie Rule is the daughter of Anne Rule. Oh. Oh, shit. How cool is yeah. that? That's why you were saying. I was rule. like, come on, rule. You're a freaking book nerd. Come on. Yeah. Um. So. Who's Anne Rule? One of the biggest, like. Sh- biggest true crime true, writer. Yeah. Non-fiction gotcha. true crime writers. Yeah. Sorry, listen. She did it. So. An, she did an in-depth interview with. Uh, Ted Bundy. Yes. Yeah. Like the most famous. So. She ended up. So. Okay. Leslie Rule had been communicating with Liz, and she ended up writing a book titled A Tangled Web, which is why the 2020 series is called that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Liz proclaims her innocence to this day, stating in one letter, I will not stop fighting until I'm set free and they find the right person. Like, fucking psychopath. Like, what? How do you even... She's like fucking she's gonna die on that mountain or in that cell i guess um so carrie's body's never been recovered she never revealed the location and um i'm gonna end on something a little uh a quote from the book oh i thought you were gonna say something jeremy well i I don't want to i don't not want to walk all over you you are we gonna do a q a here yeah we can do it um so the quote from the book is about the tattoo so leslie states beautifully might i add mother it was a role that she loved and of course she loved her own mother how perfectly fitting that the symbol of the thing most sacred to her would be the single most powerful evidence to emerge love that it's not so well put (sighs) so that's what a fucky case isn't that so much so much i i think i really do think i should have made this a two-parter that was too much to to read for me anyway but Jeremy um, uh, I'm not gonna lie I kind of figured it was Liz from from the I know from the get go I, I was no you did a fine you did a fine did job but I, I know I, I think know, but... that when when we get in here and we start doing these things and your your brain starts working in that 
in that capacity. And I think one of the first things that I was like, no, wait a minute. Carrie would have never met or had anything to do with his ex-wife and the mother of his children. Why is she getting threats? You know, that's got to be something closer to, right? you know, it just makes sense that, you know, that it would be Liz because she's got access to all of that, especially if it's a long period of time right? of being around Dave and, and taking all that in. But uh, the I guess the easiest question that I have, and I'll leave you with this, is um, did the police department not uh, go with uh, Amy's um, uh, what happened, what she did to her? You know what I'm saying? If she shoved her in a garbage can with crap, mm-hmm. wouldn't they go into the landfill and maybe dig around a little bit? Maybe I, I don't know what the years were well, back oh, in the, you, you know, mean, as and far they as might that. have, but they just haven't found, they haven't recovered anything. I mean, I know it'd be so, tough to try to find that, especially if, if it's in a larger city with, you know. Right, and it's from, yeah, years yeah, from and years. Yeah, years ago. But, yeah. I mean, I would think that, they, you know, there's some way to kind of track when that garbage was dropped and kind of where in the area of. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they did their due diligence. It's just not something that, that was right mentioned in that, in that documentary, so. Wowzers. I know. That one was a roller coaster. Fuck you, Jason. I cannot believe you made me do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that story, though, is, whew. Yeah, that's it's, it's worth the watch. That documentary is for sure. I mean, obviously, it sucks if anybody gets murdered, right? Right. But you've met this, you've known this guy for two weeks, right? That's the and other that's red punishment flag enough, too. You know, that's yeah. punishment enough for you to. Yep. His ex. Yep. Disgusting. And the gross. funny thing is, is that Liz and him had only been banging for six months at that time. So it's like, that's not even that long, you know. And they weren't even dating. I wonder if she has a history of like stalking or abuse that was never documented or right. i mean was documented yeah this this gave me mad swin fam vibes you remember that mm-hmm. swin oh fan? yeah 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 that was such a good movie that was the first like movie like that that i had ever watched i think i watched it when i was like nine <laughs> yeah so and i think about dave too like how he's, traumatic. He's a victim as well. Like, once it, once he will again, never though, trust anybody ever again. Yeah, but sure. I mean, I, in all of that, I mean, y- you don't put that together in his brain? I I don't see why he would. How would he? Well, he, when they're getting text messages when they're hanging well, and out. I, like, I understand that, and that would be the one flaw to that, what I'm, right. what I'm saying. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the coincidences in the other women in his life besides Liz, you know, Carrie would have no idea. I mean, obviously if she's a stalker, I mean, she would have some idea, but I don't know. It just seems like I'd be like, something's just not quite right here. Yeah. Narcissists are good at pretending. They really are. themselves likable. And she did that. The sickest part. No, it's not you. (laughs) (laughs) The sickest part too is that like, okay, she murdered her. And then she proceeded to drag it out for that long and make her look like just ruin, completely ruin her reputation. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah. Like, why? Just be yeah. done with it. Yeah, why? What's just be the, done with it. Yeah, what's the end game? That's yeah, why exactly. their brains are different than ours, man. So weird, man. Weird. So wait, what was the end game? She just wanted Dave? She wanted Dave. But she had Dave. She wanted to... I, I, I don't think she had an end game quite at first, 
But I think in the end, she's like, okay, Carrie's gone. Now I can frame Amy for her murder. If I shoot myself, then I'll have Dave all to myself and his kids. Completely ruining those women in her in his eyes, essentially. Right. right on. And like, I'm the only one and I'm the victim with you and we're in this together. And yeah. yeah. There was solidarity like, between them. I think she was looking for any that. excuse. Like, why doesn't he want to be with me like in a exclusive capacity? Yeah. Well, and she I don't probably think she had, can handle that kind of relationship. Yeah. Well, and she had a taste of that comfort that comes along with we're doing this together right and she just couldn't stop it. like crazy care it was like an inside joke almost yeah. you know like yeah. trauma but yeah trauma bonding and like i think about like okay all these texts from her phone like was so carrie's phone was still active was like liz paying her bill like how was that I'm, I'm not sure they never really touch on that i'm wondering if it was a sim card situation where they she swapped a sim card into a different phone yeah, but a SIM card is your phone number. It's not your phone. So that SIM card needs to stay active and under Carrie's name, oh, presumably. Right. That's right. Or if Carrie's phone gets shut off and she maybe picked, you can choose your phone number question. I, you can choose I, well, the same. What if she was... Or transfer uh, it? Um, it was like an online pay, auto pay, or pay from your phone situation. She right. had her phone was getting on her Facebook and shit. But her banking cut off when she went missing. So who was paying that bill is my question. Yeah. There was no banking activity. So, anyway. It doesn't really matter. I'm sure Liz was paying for it. But then it's like, okay, how could they not... Okay, her phone's active. Whose credit card is paying the bill for well, three years straight, you know? And you can also fake a phone number on a text message. Those right, are. you're right. There's apps and shit for that. Yes. You're right, you're right. Can you... And you can pay with a prepaid credit card, too, like a Visa. Mm-hmm. But are those phones still traceable? Could they have traced that to find out where that phone was at? I imagine they could, but at the for most of the time, she was just a missing person, and a stalking case doesn't negate a warrant for tracking your phone. So... On this side, they couldn't track her phone because she was just stalking. I guess threatening, setting a house fire. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things in there. I mean, if you if if Dave's filing harassment charges on her, then you would think that they would have tracked that phone and and then found it. It was in Liz's purse, right? The whole time. The thing is, well, the only thing I can think is that they would be able to ping off of towers. But if she's stalking them, then yeah, she's in the area, Right. right? Right. Yeah. Because why don't they do that with other high-profile pro- wanted people? You know? See, and the thing is, too, is like with... with Maybe they do. With stalking and threatening and everything, they don't ever do anything until it's too fucking late, it yeah. seems. You know? Or I guess we don't really hear about the cases where they do something. Yeah. But it just seems like this happens so much where, like, it's... You know, even though she was the victim, but still... <sighs> Yeah, that's the that's the story, the crazy story. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Definitely a roller coaster. So, um we want to know what you guys think. Um hit us up on socials. Give murderers a goog and click on some shit. Um we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans. Just kidding. We don't have the last one. What? A goog. <laughs> Give, it Give, a goog. A goog. Give it a goog. Give it a goog. God. Or you can email us at murdernerds at gmail.com. I'm not about to the point of starting OnlyFans, though, guys. You like feet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll squish mayo between our toes. I'll do I'll do that. So much. Mashed potatoes, jello. Ooh, that would be fun. Mashed potatoes and jello together. Sure. 
I'm not going to step on a Lego, though. But for the right price. You'd absolutely. step on a Lego. I'll step on all the Legos, a thousand Legos, for the right price. I'd step on a Lego for like 20 bucks, dude. <laughs> I would. I would not. Is that More a, than that. Is that a thing? <laughs> Probably. There's oh my gosh, there's oh, so okay. much stuff. There's I'm a not thing here called, to king shame, what's but... the thing <laughs> called, um, oh god, what's it called? Where, like, th- like, bitches, like, step all over your body, including your face, like, all the way, like, step on you straight up. Like, it's, it's not called squishing. That's just what I want to call it. <laughs> Stop it. I don't remember what it's called. I Stamping. saw it on Tosh.0 the other day. You've been on I've a Tosh.0 been, kick. I you? have. I've been watching Tosh.0 from, like, day one. So I'm starting over. And, Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, um, as always, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you can. Um, Spotify, Apple, and Facebook are good options. Also, if you're a Spotify listener... On the play page, there's a spot where you can let us know what you think about that episode. Um, this option is on all the episodes after, like, I don't know, episode 45? Sure. I, don't, I don't remember when I started doing that. That's a shot in the dark. Um, so, last week we mentioned that you can't use words on Spotify. You can't when you rate our page mm-hmm. on Spotify. But when you go down into the episodes and you want to tell us what you think about an episode, you can typey type a little bit of words mm, about tippity, it. Tippity, yeah. Yes, you can. Um, also, sharing our stuff on socials will help. If you like us, tell your freaking friends, right? I'm still waiting for grandmas for murder nerds. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is shout out to Tom for MySpace. No, <laughs> my buddy Tom up in Chicago who called me today to tell me uh, that uh, he was promoting with uh, the women that he works with. Hero. So yeah, you got to give him a shout out because yeah. I know he's thanks Tom, thanks Tom, and his lovely life, wife Laura, who is a massive Murder Nerds fan. Hi Laura. Hi Laura. We are massive Laura fans too. So. Obviously. Yes. It's quite we a love Laura. We love Laura. If you can spare some change, there's also a link in the show notes where you can give a monthly donation of 99 cents. (laughs) 499 cents. Or 999 cents. Um, Sounds like a lot, but it's really not. It's no more than a (laughs) cup of coffee. So. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Half a gallon of milk. Yep. <laughs> Are we talking about? Oh wait, it already released, didn't it? <laughs> Never yes. mind. I'm just gonna say it. Okay. So don't forget to check out our other podcasts in the Golden Mojo family. <laughs> I do that every time. I have to look behind me at our beautiful sign we have on the wall. Um, Shout out to Montana. Yep. Yes, it's job. lovely. So we're like the Spice Girls over here. We have Scary Spice with Tucson, <laughs> United States of Paranormal. We've got Sporty Spice. We have the Indiana Chiefs fans. Oh, nice. <laughs> we have Nerdy Spice times two now because we've got the call guys. And now we have our newest edition, A Court of Books and Booze. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that a little bit, about... Because it's this is the first time we're talking about it on our podcast. Like what they are going to do? You want to tell them about they're it? They're going to do. Um, it's it's Skyler from Golden Image, and then his wife Jess, 
and uh, our friend Amanda. Just is also my friend. Skyler's my friend. I don't want to say our <laughs> friend of Just Amanda. They're all my friends. I love them all dearly. But they are um, doing a book podcast. So while you can't fucking wait, you well, literary bur- bugs. Yeah, they call it. They call it their basement book club. Yeah, it's not in the basement though. It was to it begin starts with. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it starts with a B. Yeah. Yeah, it was to begin with. Now it's in the breezeway. BBC. <laughs> it's the breezeway book club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget how sensitive. It's very sensitive. Um, but yeah, I'm leaving that Leave in. It in. They, Leave it in. <laughs> they uh, they they read an eight series or an eight book series. Very impressive. Oh yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you. You go listen. You find out. I can't wait. You find out what they have to talk about. They're I all... haven't. Neither Alicia nor I. We, it's both on our list, but neither of us have started yet. So we can't even listen to the yeah. freaking podcast yet. But they released episode zero. Just a little introduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They called the prelogue. Is that what they called yeah. it? Love that. Yeah. The, yeah. the prelogue or the prologue? Prologue's prologue. the end. Oh, I don't remember. I have to look. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah, they released that uh, t- the day we're recording, which is uh, January 13th. So go listen. Did you say they're doing it bi-weekly? I bi-weekly think they're going to do it bi-weekly. So you're going to get it every other week. But um, yeah, the emperor stepped in and said, these are not called episodes. These are called chapters. chapters. Oh, yeah. smart. So chapter zero. Chapter? That's fucking genius. That is genius. You have a marketer's heart, Jamie. Yeah, I just wish I had a marketer's brain half the time. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But yeah, go check them out if you like like books and reading books and talking about books. books And they're fun. They're funny. They're Mm -hmm. good. uh, Hoot and holler. Charisma. Not charisma. What's it when someone like, when people interact well with each other? What's that fucking word? Good talks to (laughs) each other's. That's talk. They, they interact talkers. well together. They do. Yep. But yeah, that'll do. do it. Um, that's all I have. I'm done. That's all I've got. Jeremy, you got anything? There's nothing else written what, on my notes. What is what is the fifth spice girl? Uh, there's posh and ginger. But so wait, you're what is ginger spice? I guess. But. What what is Murderers? <laughs> which which uh, what is um, Murderers? We there? are posh baby and spice because we're a bunch spice. of fucking. Babies. Oh yeah, I forgot about baby spice. We so killed even... those three Spice Girls, and we are just murdered. <laughs> we, we killed Baby Spice, Ginger Spice, and Posh Spice. Well, I'll tell you what I want when I really, really. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, I think I think we're done. I think I'm, I'm done. done. Jay, you done? I'm done. You I'm done? good. Yeah. Are you guys done? Okay, they're done too. Oh, okay. All right. Um, call them out. I don't do that. You do that. Oh. If you haven't been told today, we love you. You're doing great. You're so you look. You're so pretty. Look how pretty you are. Those eyes. Oh my god. Those. Did eyes. you shower today? I smell something great. Oh, Jeremy did conditioner. <laughs> yeah, your hair is extra shiny today. Have you been taking biotin? <laughs> Have you been drinking your water? No. Good job. Go drink your water. New year, new you. Nope. No. <laughs> Is that old? That's not cool to say anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go go give your friend a hug. That's your goal. Go give your friend a hug. I don't like to hug, so... Oh, I'm getting a hug. Oh, look at that. I love you. I'm so tense right now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.